At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Labs, after day three of training camp practice yesterday, you know, I thought we had it all figured out. Or excuse me, after day two, I thought we had it all figured out. We named the starting quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. He dominated (laughs) seven shots. The team was gelling. Then yesterday happens, and the quarterbacks can never get it going. I don't know who's going to be the starter now. The team can't stop fighting with each other. I go to log on to your practice report, get a little optimism because you're just always sunshine and rainbows there, and you're saying they can never get things going. It's just one of those days at camp. I mean, a total 180 from my attitude just two days ago, Labs. I can't believe it. That's, that's, and that's what training camp is. Ride the roller coaster. <laughs> get on and you know the bar that is in front of you when they put that thing down you know just to strap you and hold on because (laughs) it's this is this is and it's part of the the test of this process um because you know as we were talking about uh one of the uh, other days anybody can do it one in a row once in a row uh it's how many days in a row can you do it how do you bounce back from you know a bad night's sleep or you know, you just, it's just one of those days. And, um, that was yesterday. Uh, I, I, I kind of thought, you know, that the uh, weather on, uh, let's see, today is Saturday, Thursday, Friday, day two. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I did that too in the open. It's hard to keep track already, man. They're already blurring together. Yeah. Then because they're all the same. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. They're all, no, they are. Um, a lot of times, you know, you look at the, the schedule and it's, you know, what day is it? What's the date? Where are we here? Um, so I, I kind of thought that it might have been because of the rain. You know, maybe that's yeah. the day that uh, just kind of is just pulling teeth. But they got through that one pretty good. Um, so it wasn't then. And then, you know, you, you fool yourself into thinking, well, hey, maybe, you know, there isn't going to be one of those. Well, there was. And it was yesterday. <laughs> And um, I, you, you just felt it. I mean, I even was tired of watching uh, padless practice. I, I can imagine the players are tired of participating. You know, you're not allowed, 
excuse me, you're not allowed to hit anybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're trying to protect the players, but, you know, guys are getting short and they're tired of uh, playing against the same guys all the time. Uh, it was, like I said, it was just, just one of those days. And that was, that was yesterday. Hopefully today is different. You know, the sun's out already. Uh, not supposed to rain it all up here. Uh, and tomorrow's a day off. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel for these guys. And, um, so we'll see how they respond. I mean, nothing really illustrates what you said about these guys really want to start to put the pads on. Then the hit that Kazi, the safety laid on Calvin Austin. I mean, it was one of the talks of practice yesterday. He came over and just really lit him up for without having pads on. So I'm sure the players are really chomping at the bit to, to strap up on Monday and get things going. And like you said, light at the end of the tunnel today. So I'm sure the players are going to do a little bit better. You know, they want to get through this practice, but they want to do it the right way, especially, you know, bouncing back from yesterday. I'm sure Coach Tomlin gave him a decent earful at the, uh, the night film session saying, hey, you know, we got to bounce back from this. We got to use this as a learning uh, opportunity. Yeah, and I'm, you know, for me, as torturous as it was, I'm sure that the coaches, you know, were able to find some things good and then also use the bad, um, you know, to, to, to give it some value. You, know, you, you want it to have some value. And uh, I'm sure that they were able to find some things uh, to do just that. Well, as he always does, Coach T spoke to the media following the practice yesterday, so let's hear from Coach Tomlin and his thoughts following day three's practice. Man, another awesome day of team development. Um, nice weather today. Um, but, you know, we don't complain about weather. We don't have control over that. It's about what we do and, and the culture that we're working to create. The guys are working extremely hard and growing. There's some ebb and flow. Obviously, when you're competing Steelers versus Steelers, and we'll look at the tape and use that as a tool to learn and develop individually and collectively. From a health standpoint, um, not a lot new to talk about. Just an update on some guys I talked to you about yesterday. Uh, Fryer Move has a hamstring. It probably can be characterized as day-to-day. Um, Levi Wallace is, is ill. It could be characterized as, as day-to-day. Uh, his status quo for the others. Chase Claypool wasn't able to finish. He has a, a shoulder injury. Um, it's being evaluated. Um, don't know the severity of it. Uh, I'll let you know when I do. Um, but again, that's a component of this thing, uh, that's team development. Um, there are people that are going to end up on this list, and it's less about the people that are on this list. We acknowledge that injury is a part of it. Unfortunately, we tend to focus our energies on the opportunity that, that it may create for others. Um, Fryer moves not working today, man, so it was an opportunity for Jace to work and, and show his skills in a different group, for example. And, and that's something that we talked about last night as a team. We'll continue to highlight uh, because I want these guys to know that in an environment like this, opportunity is going to knock. You never know when it's going to knock for you to advance and, and get some more reps or, or work in a different group, but they got to be continually working so that they're ready to seize those moments. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Mike, it seemed like you guys are using a lot more tight end heavy packages, especially in seven shots. Are you guys expecting more out of that group this, this year, even with that wing pass? That's not abnormal at all. You know, we're capable of using multiple tight ends, uh, multiple receiver sets. From a personnel standpoint, offensively, we desire to be versatile and multiple. Mike, is uh, 24 to safety, you know you're not tackling uh, I'd rather say whoa than sick him. And in that instance, whoa. <laughs> is that his game, though? We'll see. We'll see. Mike, you mentioned opportunities for others. Zach Gentry, how much have you seen him grow and made a big combat catch today? Man, Zach has been a guy in development since he's been here. It started first with his body. You know, um, those of you guys have been around, you know, he has really put on some weight and things of that nature. And 
really embraced the role that he's in the process of carving out for himself. Um, it's just been a natural, a nice natural maturation process over over the uh, time that he's been here, and it's reasonable to expect to continue. He's been doing a good job. Mike, what happened on the play with Chase? And is there any more concern uh, that you're already down when your starters there? Not. There's not any concern. I really don't know when it when it occurred. To be honest with you, um, it's probably not serious, and so uh, we don't have a high level concern regarding the question that you asked. Chippiness that happened there at the end, uh, is that something you discourage or just let it play out? You guys been around me long enough to know. Um, I'm not going to answer questions about every skirmish that breaks out. Um, we're working hard. We're competing our tails off. Uh, an environment like this is an opportunity to teach and learn, not only from a competitive standpoint, but a professionalism standpoint, uh, working to keep it professional. And uh, from time to time it happens. Uh, none of us like it. Uh, but it's a teach opportunity. And so that will be my response anytime you guys ask me about a skirmish. Thank you. That was Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following day three's practice yesterday. And Labs, there's a lot of stuff to get into there, but how can you not sink your teeth into that answer that he gave at the end with the skirmish and the short fuses that we saw with a couple of uh, dust-ups between Steelers? Uh, first of all, my, my first takeaway is, that's the shortest press conference we've had, and it's gotten shorter every single day. And the reporters might have had another question loaded up or two loaded up after that one, but Mike Tomlin wasn't going to give them any more answers after that. That was clear. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's we talked about how uh, over the course of the training camp, uh, you know, he gets short, too. He gets tired. And the one thing that I was happy about was that it didn't start off with, have you picked your starting quarterback yet, as a couple of the others have, because that would have just put a started off on a wrong foot, and he will probably wouldn't have even lasted as long as he did uh, in this one. Just a couple of other procedural things that, if you noticed, nobody asked the question about the skirmish because you knew what was going to happen. You know, that's a that's a press conference ending question. So. If you have any, if there's any other information you want, you know, the savvy media thing to do is you don't ask that early because that's going to be right. the end. And if, and that you also heard uh, PR director uh, Bert Loughton. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Right before that question was asked. He he tried to get out of it, and he said anything else. And he was if if that question didn't come instantly, Mike Tom would have said thank you, and it's over, and you didn't even get the question in. But you know the media, it, it's a legitimate question. I mean, I want to I want to make that clear. So you know these are some of the things that as I'm standing there listening to that, you know I smile a little bit because you know everybody's doing their job. You know Bert's right. trying to get him out of it. The media needs to get uh, get some information about it. Um, and, 
uh, you know, Mike Tomlin <laughs> is trying to get out of there as quick as possible. And, you know, he cut it off himself. So there was no follow up. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. Well, let's let's so, talk about those those little skirmishes for a little bit here. Labs. Okay. And, you know, the one guy that was a part of both of them, as you noted in your practice report, was Carlos Davis. Uh, I took away from it that kind of what we were saying at the open of the show here. These guys are just dying to get these pads on, man. You know, it's been three days now in a row of, you know, yeah, it's not exactly a walkthrough. It's a little bit more intense than that, but you can't exactly play football. And, I mean, that's what these guys have dedicated their lives to doing. So once you get to that third day in a row where you can't put the pads on and you can't really, you know, exercise some frustration on the field, I just think it gets to a lot of guys. Uh, yeah, it, it would it would seem to make sense. I mean, I certainly have never experienced anything uh, like that firsthand. We're both um, lovers, not fighters on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, or non-athletes, you know, <laughs> however you want to describe it. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is, you know, there are guys, you know, Carlos Davis is an example. And I'm not, not to, no disrespect meant to him, but he is on the bubble. You know, he's not a shoe-in for a roster spot. You know, he, he was a seventh-round pick, so he's pretty much got to establish himself every summer. So, you know, I can imagine, you know, Carlos Davis's personal situation in terms of, you know, his roster security or lack thereof. Um, plus the fact, you know, the Steelers are uh, coming to this camp on the heels of finishing last in, in the NFL and run defense for the first time in franchise history. So, you know, there's a lot of those things kind of percolating. And as you mentioned, you know, you if, if you're a defensive lineman, you know, being physical is part of your game. I mean, that that puts food on your table. That pays your mortgage, and right. so you know you're kind of not allowed to do that. And so you're 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 seeing how these things are going. And as you mentioned, you're tired of it. He had to be tired of it. Um, and so you know you you kind of let your emotions maybe get the best of you. And um, you know the guy who, that he was involved with in the first one was Kendrick, Kendrick Green. Um, he's another guy. Now he's certainly, in my opinion, uh, not as much on the roster bubble as Carlos Davis, but he's alternating with Kevin Dotson for a starting spot. Right. He was a starter last year. He was a starter in college. And now, you know, you're looking at a situation where, you know, you may not be a starter. And so he's got some things that he wants to prove and show and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's training camp. As I say, it's, uh, this is, you know, you're tired of looking at these same guys. You're tired of living in a dormitory. You're tired of eating the same food. <laughs> I mean, you're tired of every day being all football all the time. It has a, it has a, uh, a purpose granted, but you know, not every day is, is, is unicorns and rainbows. I mean, it's just not. So, um, you know, those things happen and the Steelers, are one of the few teams in the league that do not put, you know, for example, a red shirt on the quarterbacks to remind everybody not to hit them. That's right. You know, Mike Tomlin has always been of the philosophy that, you know, you teach professionalism, you teach how to, you know, practice professionally and, and those kind of things. And, you know, I'm saying this, this isn't something that he said. I believe that he believes that if you have to be reminded not to hit the quarterback with a red shirt, maybe this isn't your profession, you know? No. Yeah, um, no, that makes a ton of sense. You, you need okay. to be able to think the game when you're out there, and that's just a little thing that you can do to try to instill that in people. 
Right. So um, I thought personally that his answer to the question was about as effusive as he's ever been on the subject. Uh, because usually, because that's, he, he doesn't want to deal with that publicly. I'm sure that there were some um, words spoken um, at probably a higher volume than uh, <laughs> is normally socially acceptable, uh, reminding people about that. Uh, and let me say this, too. I don't know for sure that that was the last play of practice, but it became the last play of practice. Um, you just end it because there's no sense in lining them up again. And, you know, you're asking for it at that point, right? Like, right. You're right. Don't try, you know, don't try and dodge all the rain, but raindrops. It's just not worth it. Um, Let's just get out of here before, you know, something happens and somebody gets hurt. And then, you know, because I remember the time uh, Antonio Brown and Ike Taylor threw punches and they had helmets on. I mean, you know, how how foolish is that? Oh, anytime I see a, a football player throw a punch to another man's helmet, I'm just like, come on, man. What are you what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, uh, because unlike, you know, even in hockey, those helmets are not on as securely, you know, as a buckled. Uh, uh, yeah, you got a little gap in the ear. Football. You can give them a nice little pop there. Yeah. Or, you know, and a lot of times the face mask in hockey is just that piece of plastic exactly, that right. covers the eyes. Uppercuts all that, day. Right. That cage. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's you, you must be really angry and and not thinking clearly to, clearly to to believe that, hey, I'm going to throw a fist without a glove on my hand or not a boxing glove without a boxing glove on my hand at someone wearing one of those helmets and think that that's going to come out good for you. So you just want to kind of separate everybody uh, and, uh, you know, live the fight another day. Well, one other thing that Tomlin touched on was L- something. Well, go ahead. Not, not literally fight. That's just <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. We're trying to move on yeah, okay. from literally fighting. Uh, one other thing that Tomlin said was something that you kind of talked about before we, we listened to him, and that was, you know, using yesterday as a learning experience and trying to grow from it, you know, you don't get better by being perfect. You know, you need to make some mistakes so you know where your weaknesses are and you can improve. So when we come back on the other side of the break, I want to touch on that. I want to talk about the offense during seven shots and throughout most of practice, just never really getting a flow for things. And I want to touch on the defense as well. They've been the star the first three days. So we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball, and we'll hear from outside linebacker Alex Highsmith as well. That's all on the way next on the training camp report right here on SNR. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Practice yesterday for the Steelers left a lot to be desired, to put it nicely. Uh, We just heard from Coach Tomlin in the past segment saying that they need to use it as a learning experience. And Labs, you noted that the tone for the practice and for the offense, uh, specifically never really getting into a flow yesterday, was, was pretty much set out of the gate in seven shots. It it wasn't as, uh, let's say, up to the bar of the performance they set just the day prior when they won the first seven shots of the training camp experience. Right. R- rarely do you see it decided, you know, it, it's seven shots, so it's, you know, analogous to a seven-game series in the NBA. And, right. um, you know, it's, it was a sweep. Um, you know, the defense won the first four reps, and so, uh, you know, it's over. But uh, and then they held, then they added another one to actually win the um, 
you know, the, the drill five to two. And there were some plays made by the defense, um, but there was just there, there were some other plays where uh, the the um, protection broke down. Uh, there were plays where um, you know bad throws by the quarterback. There were plays where nobody was open. Um, so you know it was just kind of uh, out of sync and just not uh, not aesthetically pleasing in the least. But I'm sure that once. Uh, they got the the video. There were reasons for some of this, and I'm sure that the, a lot of that was uh, built into the teaching moments that you know Mike Tomlin referred to that you can find even in a practice like that one. That for someone like me, you know, was boring and disjointed and uh, seemed to be pointless. Now, I know everybody out there wants to hear about how the quarterbacks did. Uh, Kenny Pickett did not participate again in seven shots for the second day in a row. Mitch Trubisky was the first quarterback to get a crack at it, and he was the one that got swept. He went 0 for 4. Uh, some defensive plays made by Terrell Edmonds and T.J. Watt uh, during that period with Mitch in the game. And then Mason came in and, to his credit, got two points uh, for the offense right away. And then, like you said, the the defense stole that extra game uh, to go up 5-2 to two with uh, Mason's last play. But you said yesterday on our show you know, people aren't going to want to hear this, but Mason's been the best of the quarterbacks so far. I know it's hard to label somebody as the best in a practice like yesterday, but did you see more of the same where he seemed to be a little bit ahead of the curve than the other two? Yes. And, you know, it, but just to be fair, um, one of the two uh, reps that the offense won under Mason Rudolph was a blown coverage. I mean, the first play Mason Rudolph was on the field, um, they, uh, Jeremy McNichols, uh, the new running back there, or the guy who was signed as, as camp was going to open, you know, just like flared out of the backfield and he was so wide open. There wasn't a defensive player. I don't think within seven to 10 yards of him in any direction, uh, you know, Mason laid it out and he made the catch and kind of, you know, jogged across the goal line. So, you know, that was a, that was a bust by the defense as opposed to a good play by the offense. Now, if that's a game, you know, they all count the same. Uh, it's a touchdown, whether, you know, it, it's a great play or, uh, you know, the other team messes it up. So, but um, even in, even when they when the offense was successful in the drill, it wasn't necessarily because of something that they did well. Now, blown coverage aside, it's fair to say that the defense has been better than the offense in the uh, first week of training camp here. And I don't think that's anything that you can really read that much into being so early uh, in the process, but Hey, we have to fill an hour. So let's try to read into it anyway. <laughs> is, that, is that maybe just a product of that's just a much more veteran side of the football. I know there's a lot of youth out there and I know it's not just, you know, the first team defense that's making the plays, the second teamers and the third teamers have been making plays as well. But is it just clear that that side has a lot more of the veteran presence and, you know, they've been there and done that a lot more than the, the offense. Yeah, I mean, you got, you know, the defensive player, the, the reigning defensive player of the year over there. Uh, you got a first-team All-Pro on the defensive line. Um, and it's just, there's frankly, there's a lot more expected, you know, of the defense That's a good point, um, yeah. th than the offense to, to start. And, um, you know, they're really not running the ball yet. They're, they're not in pads. You know, there, there are certain things that, you know, kind of lend itself uh, to an advantage for the defense at this stage. Now, because I remember 
when Mike Tomlin introduced the drill, um, I remember it was it was at the time where okay, he had been at quarterback, Le'Veon Bell, um, Antonio Brown, Heath Miller, um, and I forget who the other receivers were. And I'm thinking this is unfair because they'd come <laughs> out and empty. Who who you going to cover them all? You right. really think so? I don't. Um, and it was. It was it was like uh, taking candy from a baby there early on. I mean, Ben was just looking it over. Um, you know, guys would run quick crossing routes or whatever, and you know the ball was right there. And you know, what do you, you if you get too close, it's interference. Uh, you can't really jam because then it's holding. Uh, you know, you try and run covered with these guys in that that short area. It's it's just a to me it seemed that anyway at the time a virtually impossible chore. So. That was a time where I thought it was, you know, um, pointless for the defense almost. Uh, now it's, you know, the, the shoes on the other foot a little bit. And uh, the, the uh, bulk of the seasoned talent right now, experience, seasoned, experienced talent is def- on the defensive side. And, you know, in one sense, it's what you need from the defense um, – yeah, they should be dominating. I mean, that's because I think that that's what you're going to, this team is going to have to lean on certainly early in the season is this defense to assert itself, um, you know, as a superior unit in a lot of these games, or at least a unit that is capable of carrying um, the team on its back. But, you know, you also, it's, it, it also is good for the offense to be going against this group because you know, once the game they're in the games, there's not going to be too many uh, games early where the unit that the offense is going to be going up against is going to be a whole lot better than the one they're practicing against every day. So, you know, one of the things that um, Mike Tomlin was asked, I believe it was uh, Thursday, was you know because T.J. Watt just destroys plays. I mean, yeah, no question. Um, and and again, you're not hitting or tackling, but he's so quick and athletic. I mean, he got that, a sack in seven know, shots. I mean, it was a touch sack, but still. Right. Yeah. And there are other plays where he's just, you know, he just blows off the line of scrimmage on some of those third down, when it's a third down period, third and eight, third and nine, you know, they set up a down and distance situation. Well, you know, third and nine. And again, as I said, it's, it's training camp. Uh, you're trying to figure out who your starting quarterback's going to be. It's going to be a pass. So, you know, T.J. Watt, he's not playing, you know, he's not reading anything. You know, the snap comes, boy, he comes off the line of scrimmage, and he's around that left tackle or right tackle or, you know, between sometimes they loop, whatever. You know, and he's in the quarterback's face. And Mike Tomlin was asked, you know, he's kind of destroying things when you're trying to evaluate the offense. And Mike Tomlin said something to the effect of, I'm never going to try and inhibit T.J. Watt from being T.J. Watt. So, um, you know, you got that going on too. Uh, so anyway, like I said, it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to blow this out of proportion, but I also think, you know, you look at it and, you know, call it as you see it. It was a, a bad day for the offense yesterday. Well, TJ Watts partner in crime at the outside linebacking position, Alex Highsmith spoke to the media following practice yesterday. Let's hear what Alex had to say now. 
Larry seems to really feel that Charlotte connection. Oh yeah, he, about he that. does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Just you know, both of us coming from Charlotte, uh, you know, being one of you guys coming from there, it's just pretty cool. Uh, Larry set the standard by getting drafted in 2017, and so he just kind of paved the way uh, for guys like me, Nate Davis, uh, Cam Clark, Benny, Benny LeMay, Ben Luca, other guys from Charlotte who have uh, made it to the league. Your game, TJ said you're learning how to finish away from the next step. Yeah, that's that's the goal. You know, double-digit sacks has, has got to be what I get this year. And so whether that's just uh, continuing to improve and continue to finish my rushes, because I look back and watch my film last year, uh, I was I was so close. There's so many rushes where I could have finished, and just working on the little things, to just be able to finish those rushes so that I can improve from seven sacks to, to 12 plus. And so that's 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 the goal for me. Is there anything consistent to not finish it? Or? I think I think it's just just continuing to work on my bend, and because uh, there's a few times I noticed where I was I was ripping uh, and been around the corner, and the quarterback just stepped up or I got pushed by. So just working on little things like that, just continuing to work on my get off and uh, just my pass rush moves as well. So I'm, I'm just excited for the year year ahead, and I feel like it's been a good start so far. Guys, the pads coming on on Monday. How anxious are you coming to the bit? I'm ready for it. I think we're all ready for it. I think yesterday, uh, you know, some guys were you know we, we were getting after it. So I think everyone's ready to put the pads on. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an awesome day on Monday. I can't wait. What are you most looking forward to the next week? Just the honestly the competition drills and team run. That's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a fun drill. So I always enjoy that one. Has much changed with has much changed with uh, Terrell as a defensive coordinator this year compared to what Keith Butler did last year. Uh, he's been great so far. You know, TA um, coming in just uh, being he's he's been great for us so far. So I'm just uh, thankful to have him as our defensive coordinator. I know, I know a lot of the guys are because he's been here the past few years, so everyone knows him. Bam bam. Yeah, you, you got me. <laughs> um, so I think just a lot of guys are just familiar with him and just having him in the building. So it's been awesome to see him uh, running the defense now. So what changes on Monday, especially for you guys? How different is it and how much more can we read into what's going on out there? Oh, it's football on Monday. It's, 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 it's what you do. You know, the physicality changes, the physicality turns up a notch, the intensity turns up a notch. And so, like I said, I'm excited to see that first day of pads is always intense. And so I'm really excited to see it. You know, hoping uh, everything weather stays good and everything, so we can just have a have a great day. Backs on backers, something you look forward to. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, all the all the competition drills I look forward to, and so um, I like how Coach T says it's not football, but it's football like, and so just really simulating those type of drills that you get uh, in a, in a game consistently. That was Steelers' third-year outside linebacker Alex Highsmith with a special cameo appearance, Labs from Najee Harris, as he did a little drive-by <laughs> there during Alex Highsmith's uh, scrum, but. Uh, one thing that I really liked hearing from him is the goal being double-digit sacks this year. Um, that has to be the case for him. He's talked about working on his bend a little bit more, you know, closing down his uh, his route to the quarterback, making it more efficient so that the quarterback can't just step up in the pocket and get away from him. And that's all familiar stuff, you know, for young outside linebackers to, to really hone in as they make the transition into the NFL. That's, that's nothing out of the ordinary for a guy in his shoes, just entering his third year, second as a starter. Yeah, and you know the Steelers are going to need um, Alex Highsmith uh, to really uh, complement and um, by compliment that's compliment with an E, uh, T.J. Watt, because as of right now, anyway, there's not a whole lot of depth there right. at outside linebacker, and so you know the Steelers are going to need these guys, their starters, to to remain available and be productive, because it's not a situation where um, you know, you can just rotate somebody else in to pick up the slack. I mean, right now, what they're trying to do is find someone or two guys or however, you know, it's going to have to work out who can just provide some quality snaps so that those guys can maybe take a breather in games a little bit so that they have 
uh, that burst of energy when they need it at a critical moment or a critical down and distance situation. So, um, yeah, Alex Highsmith came into this league. You know, I remember when, when the Steelers drafted him, Brian Baldinger of NFL Network, a longtime lineman in the league, uh, post on Twitter, posted a, a, a little highlight package of Alex Highsmith from college. And the point that he made, and he said he really likes this guy because he's coming into the league with secondary moves. He said you very rarely see that from a college player coming into the NFL because usually, you know, the, a college player who is good enough to be drafted, say, in the third round as, as primarily a pass rusher or three, four outside linebacker, edge player, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, they've been better than their 95% of the competition they faced during their college career. And so uh, in a lot of instances, these guys have one move, but it's good enough that right. it works for them. So, but when you get into the NFL, that's not the case. And especially it's not the case after a few games and video starts getting, getting around the league and guys are studying video and they learn, well, this guy can only do one thing. So you, you, as an offensive lineman, you load up to stop that one move. But he said, then he was showing Brian Baldinger, meaning he, he was showing uh, what Alex Highsmith is able to do with his hands and, you know, some secondary moves where if he come, if he came off the ball and his primary uh, or initial rush was stopped, you know, he had the ability to go to something else and continue to push towards the quarterback. And, um, you know, a lot of times that takes years for young pass rushers to develop and learn and become confident enough in that, um, you know, to use it in a critical situation. You know, it's like a pitcher being able to throw a, you know, a three, two change up yeah. with the bases loaded. So, um, that's my point is that that's, this is, this is a, a good, uh, critical season, big season for Alex Highsmith to kind of put some of these things together in his interview. He was talking about not quite finishing, you know, getting close, but not there, uh, maybe bending a little bit more so that, or in a, in a, in a better way so that he doesn't just get pushed past the quarterback. Uh, so yeah, this is, it's his third season. It's, this is time, I think, in terms of what the Steelers need for him for it to come together. And, um, you know, he had seven sacks last year. If he could get into double digits, which is only three more, it's, you say only three more, but that's a, that's a big difference in the NFL. Especially because the guy on the other sacks. side of him is, is taking a decent amount away from him himself. I mean, you might have a perfect pass rush, but guess what? Number 90 had an even better one. Yeah. And, you know, and that's part of the competition too, for Alex Highsmith. You want to, be able to defeat the opponent in front of you, but you better get get there before your teammate, too. There's that. When we come back, we'll wrap up the training camp report. Labs had some individual flashes that he made note of in his practice report from yesterday, so we'll touch on those. We'll talk about the rotation at guard, Deontay Johnson's status, and, of course, it's a big day for Steelers Nation as the Hall of Honor class is announced today at training camp. All that is on the way next here on the Steelers training camp report right here on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the training camp report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Before we get to some of the guys that flashed individually for you labs at day three's practice yesterday, just a couple of quick notes that I wanted to mention 
Uh, the rotation at left guard continued. It was Dotson's turn yesterday. Uh, he replaced Kendrick Green, who replaced him uh, from the day prior. So that rotation, we can expect that to continue. And Deontay Johnson uh, still practicing his hold-in, was doing some work uh, on his own during the team activities from yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, uh, well, certainly the rotation at left guard, uh, I, I would imagine we'll see that moving into the preseason games uh, because really if you're going to, you know, pick a guy there, you need to see it, um, you know, in, in as close to real uh, football as you're going to get. Uh, the Deontay Johnson thing uh, continues and, um, you know, we'll see how, how it turns out. I'm, uh, I, I think that, you know, it's one of those situations where, um, you know, you like to see him come back, but it has to be, you know, at a, at a reasonable you know, a, a salary that, you know, fits with uh, his place on the team and, and fits with his place, you know, among the league's receivers. So, you know, hopefully something gets done uh, that, that, that uh, falls into those categories and it gets done soon. Well, one guy at Deontay Johnson's position has really been turning heads in the early going of training camp, and he's the guy I want to lead off with here in some of your individual highlights that you noted from yesterday. Uh, one play, Akella Witherspoon covering George Pickens, tried to make an interception, Witherspoon did, and Pickens just ripped the ball right away from him. Uh, everything I hear, I was up there a couple days and saw him in person. Uh, the guy just seems to be the darling of the camp in the early going and, and someone that everybody seems to be really excited to see what he can bring to the table this year. Yeah, I mean, he's got it all. He's got the size, uh, the speed. He has some um, some of the finer uh, points of being a, a professional wide receiver that uh, other college players do not have this quickly into their professional careers. Uh, you know, George Pickens played in the SEC, played for Georgia, the, the team that won the college football playoff last year. So, um, you know, I would imagine that his experience going against that defense, that Bulldogs defense, as an example, helped him hone a lot of his skills. No question. The ones that he's, the ones that he's now, you know, showcasing in his very first NFL training camp. So this is a guy, you know, and he can, he can line up in a lot of different spots too. I mean, he's not just a, you know, as Mike Tomlin would say, a one trick pony. So uh, he is getting a lot of um, valuable time with the first group, uh, which he deserves. And now with, you know, Chase Claypool's uh, shoulder injury, you know, we still don't know how serious it is. Uh, Mike Tomlin did not seem overly concerned about it uh, as he brought it up at the end of practice yesterday. But, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, now who, uh, George Pickens could probably expect maybe even a little bit more to come his way uh, while, while Claypool gets back to full health. Uh Steelers are obviously looking for more depth at the outside linebacker position, and that's really a, an underrated battle and an open spot that uh, could be filled by anybody really beyond TJ and Alex in the uh, depth chart. And TD Moultrie, you noted, uh, the undrafted rookie free agent out of Auburn, blew past offensive tackle Jordan Tucker for a sack during a third down drill. Hey, I know that you're not really going to be able to, you know, create separation between those guys at that position until the pads come on, but anything you can do to flash early is good. And T.D. Right. showed up on the injury report at the beginning of camp, so it's good to see him back in the flow of things. Yeah, his uh, his time on the injury report was just cramps 
So, um, you know, that's, that's something that I'm sure that was corrected with, you know, proper hydration, maybe a little bit of change in diet or whatever, you know, that the trainers right. and the uh, conditioning people have uh, in store for that, that kind of situation. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, Moultrie, uh, undrafted rookie from Auburn. Um, again, I, you know, Jordan Tucker, it's not like he blew past, uh, all due respect to Jordan Tucker, it's not like he, you know, blew past, you know, one of the starters, either Tukes right. or Dan Moore Jr. But, you know, again, um, and, and I use this uh, line, I repeat this line, uh, the late, great Tunch Ilkin always said, um, if you can't beat the stiffs, you are one. So, um, you know, that's, and that's how uh, Mike Tomlin organizes and, and moves people around in terms of the depth chart and at, at either with the whole unit or the individual position groups. Because if, you know, Mike Tomlin will refer to it this way, you know, if you do good against the JV, then I'm going to give you a chance against the varsity. And then if you do good against the varsity, then you show you belong. So, you know, uh, T.D. Moultrie needs to defeat the guys because he's currently third team. And there is no third team um, in September. Right. You know, there's first team, there's second team, and then there's working at 7-Eleven. <laughs> so um, you, need to, you need to beat defeat the guys that you're going against now so that you get a chance against the better players in practice, and then that will get you into the preseason games. And, you know, this is how you kind of build a reputation and, and gradually climb your way uh, up the depth chart. Zach Drentry, you noted, made a very nice running catch over the middle. Uh, anything you can get from him in the passing game is really just going to be a bonus this year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it was, um, you know, I, I couldn't really do the, the play that Gentry made justice uh, with just words, um, you know, because you really kind of had to see it. Um, and it was a nice throw, too, uh, because, you know, it, he, he, they weren't hitting. So there was that. At least you could be, you know, a little bit comfortable as the receiver, um, right. knowing you were in traffic that you weren't going to get lit up. Uh, but still, uh, it was a nice catch. Uh, he he had his back kind of to the quarterback, so he's he's got his head tilted back looking for the ball. It was nicely placed, but you also, as a receiver, you know you can sense that there are people around you, and it's an NFL uh, secondary, so none of them have uh, good thoughts towards you and your uh, well-being. So um, still making the play, caught it nicely with his hands, held on. Um, there was a little jostling, but you know nothing major. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a nice nice athletic play down the field as a receiver for a guy who still is going to keep his spot based on being physical at the end of the line of scrimmage. And finally, this guy has also been turning some heads. In fact, he's probably the uh, out of the rookie class behind Pickens, the, the next guy in line who's been impressing some people. But you noted that Kenny Pickett tried a quick sideline screen off the snap, and DeMarvin Leal just got super high into the air, into the throwing lane, and batted the ball down. And he, he's been looking pretty decent at, at the jump from camp, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, quickness uh, and athletic ability, I think, is going to be uh, DeMarvin Leal's uh, ticket more than strength and power, especially early. And that's okay. You know, he doesn't need to be, um, you know, a banger necessarily. You can get the job done uh, with uh, athletic ability in, in this league. 
especially, you know, at that position if you're – and he was happened to be outside uh, a defensive end kind of position look on that particular play. And, yeah, it, it, he got he got in the throwing lane. Uh, he kind of um, sensed what the play was going to be quickly, which, again, for a rookie, you like to see that because sometimes those are some of the things that need to develop as well. Uh, and he, he, he sensed that, that the ball was coming out fast. So he got in the throwing lane, got up in the air, uh, used his uh, specific physical abilities in that situation to make a play, which is another thing, shows an awareness on his part, uh, which is all of that is good. Checks a lot of boxes. Steelers practice today is at 155 at St. Vincent's College, but immortality awaits for former Steelers at about 1 p.m. today as the Hall of Honor class for 2022 is going to be announced. Labs, you're part of the committee that decides who the class is going to be. I know you're not going to spoil the party right now and give us a sneak preview of who they are, but maybe you can give us a little insight on the process that you and the committee goes through to decide who's going to be the four each season. Well, you know, one of the things that um, I like to try and consider because in, in one of the early meetings, you know, Art Rooney, the second, the team president, he's on the committee and he kind of, you know, sets the tone, chairs the, these sessions. Um, so it's four people okay. that get inducted or, or chosen or whatever. Yeah, inducted. So um, what he asks in one of the early meetings is for all each of the members of the committee to bring to put forth names. You know, who do you think? And then and then. Uh, you present names, there's some discussion of them, and then a meeting maybe three, four weeks later, after having thought about your names and how they compared everybody else's names, uh, then you vote. So one of the things that I always think about, that, that I believe that the, each class should have, um, I like a class to represent some different eras in franchise history uh, because you know, this, is, this will be the Steelers' 90th season. And, you know, they're, they're, I understand that it did, the team didn't start winning championships until the 1970s, but that doesn't mean that there weren't players. Yeah, you don't just erase were, the history. Right. So you like to see some representation of uh, the old timers, for lack of a better phrase. And then uh, the other thing I, I try and hope for is uh, to excite the fans about it. I mean, this is something, you know, the fans um, – this is something for them as much as it is no you know, a historical thing for the, the franchise. And I think this class kind of, you know, checks both of those boxes. I think that, you know, when fans learn the people in the class, they're going to get excited about it. And uh, it also could serve as a teaching tool uh, in terms of exposing them to different eras in franchise history and some of the players who were good players and why they were good players. So uh, I, I like the class um, and, and, you know, being on the committee, let me just say this, it's it's not really a hard job. I mean, it's not like there aren't, no, that there aren't a lot of worthy um, I know. candidates. It's more, with most of these guys, what I have found, it's more of a question of when than if. Because even the guys who were uh, put forth in the discussion phase and didn't get voted in, I, I wouldn't say that any of those names are not worthy. You know, it's just right. you can only pick four. And so um, it's, as I said, it's it's fun. Uh, I'm honored to be a part of it, humbled. And uh, 
I, I think it's 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 always an exciting day. I, I hope the fans uh, share my view of it. Oh, they definitely do. Uh, if you're planning on going up to campus today for practice, make sure you get there early. You're going to want to be uh, around for that announcement of the Hall of Honor class. And also want to remind the fans that the Legends photo op continues. Today is Charlie Batch Day. So if you want to go up and chat it up with Charlie Batch, get an autograph, take a picture with uh, Steelers former quarterback Charlie Batch, he will be at St. Vincent today doing that. That'll do it for this edition of the Training Camp Report. Always a pleasure to have you guys listening to us. No practice tomorrow. Remember that. So if you were planning on going up to St. Vincent for tomorrow, there is no practice. So plan on a different day. We will be back on the air Monday morning, wrapping up practice from today and looking ahead to the first padded practice on Monday. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opperman. Keep it right here on SNR. Wolf and Starks are up next in the locker room on Steelers Nation Radio. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.